Hello, welcome to a Veterans Drink Vodka production of Article 15. Here at Article 15, we are attempting to bring both awareness and an end to the 22 veterans committing suicide every day. We speak to everyday veterans with everyday issues, acclimating back to civilian life. And today we have the, the Highlander, Brianna, Brianna McLeod, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Ma'am. He is my very first officer. You are my first, so you know. Uh, who served from 2013 to 2018 on the San Antonio and the Williams, as well as FIB 2, but she kept getting landed out to uh, ACU 4, uh, which is in Little Creek over there. So she was she was a lot of East Coast. I mean, I'm I'm a West Coast bosomate, so they're not used to our type around here, but uh, we won't hold it against her. Ma'am, I'm Brianna McLeod Highlander. Thank you so very much much for coming on to article 15 thank you for having me so it is it, so you started up in 2013 is when you got your first commission um right. i'm assuming four years prior to that you're looking at your freshman year of college and you're thinking to yourself like huh i'm going to college can't wait to take out all these student loans and stuff and get myself into a bunch of debt and then by like Sophomore year, you're like, you know what? This JROTC or this ROTC stuff ain't too bad. Let's keep going with it. No, no you weren't doing. You weren't even doing ROTC. What? How? How? How did you like stumble into this officer stuff? I went to the Naval Academy. <clears throat> oh, you were in Annapolis. My apologies. I didn't know that. Oh, oh. So this this is where all this great pride comes from. There is a difference. So. In all of my 19 years of being a bosun mate, you could tell the difference between an Annapolis officer and the ones who we say, you know, went to like Winona, Minnesota or something like that. <laughs> there's there's a difference. There's a, there's like this 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 I don't know, this 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 motif about them, the way they strut because they know they know. And then they'll wear like their Annapolis ring and be like, you can look at it if you'd like. <laughs> so for me it was like a little bit different like i never had that like ring knocker swag um i always got confused for a mustang because in high school i was in the sea cadet program okay jrncc and my leaders in that program were a marine sergeant and a cb e5 doom yeah. There's, yeah, there's there's no other there's there's no other just job in the military or in the Navy that wishes they were Marines even more than a CB. I swear. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then um, before I went to the Naval Academy, I had to go to the Naval Academy prep school because when I did my application, all my processing, you have to get a congressional nomination to go. And I got a congressional nomination, but I got a congressional nomination to West Point. And they're non-transferable. Oh, wow. So we were lucky enough in the United States Navy to obtain you. I, I think that's pretty That's pretty awesome. 
Well, I decided when I was 14 that I wanted to go to the Naval Academy and I wanted to join the Navy. So what what made you decide Navy what, or like even the military people when they're 14 years old are sitting there like, well, I think I, I think I want to, you know, sit in my car and uh, I'm just going to make money. <gasps> oh, it's really stupid. Oh, it's really stupid. So my dad used to watch this TV show and then he got me watching it. Do you remember Jag? The TV yes, show? Jag? Yeah, yeah, I sure do. I, I, my dad got me watching that. And then after a while, one of the characters, like his little brother went to the Naval Academy and I was like, Ooh, that looks kind of cool. So I got on the Google machine and like looked it up and I was like, Oh, that's a real thing. Oh, that looks so cool. Oh, I can do that. And so 14 years old, I was like, I'm going to the Naval Academy. And so after that, everything I did was geared towards how can I better myself to get into the Naval Academy? That, I mean, that's not stupid. That's pretty awesome. That's one. Two, I don't even know if Google was around when I joined the military. I'm going to be honest on that one. Uh, three, I think I might have you beat on the stories. So I was 18 years old. This was 2001. And I was looking for anything. I had just graduated high school. So I'm looking through the classifieds. And with my father's, the way he was is you're either going to school or you're working, but you're doing one or the other. And, uh, I, I, I was 18. I had absolutely no idea. College was hard for me because I was an original ADD kid and it wasn't working out for me. So I'm highlighting all these, get your CDL as you work. UPS has all the overtime you want. I was like, the Navy has jobs now, huh? <laughs> Let's go highlight that. So my dad is looking through, you know, he's like, what'd you do all day? I was like, here, I looked at jobs and stuff. What do you, I want your opinion. And to this day, I still respect the man's opinion. So he's looking through and all of a sudden I get the chuckle. It was so funny. Like, the Navy has jobs now. And I'm like, well, why is that funny? He's like, you don't strike me as the military type. Oh, really, motherfucker? Okay. Let me go ahead and I'm going to call this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to join the Navy. Yeah. Set me up. Next thing I know, I get a phone call from an EM3 Atkins, who is now, let me try and remember how, what, is, what the hell? NCCS. Yes. NCCS Atkins. Um, he's like, what's happening, shit, mate? Yeah, man. You come on down over here. Come on over, man. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something out for you. That dude slick talked me. No, he was great. He was a great recruiter, hooked me up. And I kept telling my dad, I was like, yep, yeah, I'm going to be leaving for boot camp soon. He's like, you're not going. All right. Yeah, sure, sure. That dude straight up, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Jedi mind tricked me. These are not the droids you're looking for. Got me out of his house. Got me a job without even having to do shit. Said I couldn't do it. Like, motherfucker, I'll show you. 19 years later, here I am. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to piss my dad off. Look at me. He couldn't be more proud, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was an idiot. How I ended up at the Naval Academy. That's kind of how, because, like, I looked it up, and I was like, this is kind of cool. So I went to my mom. I was like, hey, mom, I think I might want to go to the Naval Academy. And she looked at me, and she was like, the Naval Academy? You can't even keep your room clean. How are you going to go to the Naval Academy? I was like, Beth, watch me. You should. Yeah, we showed them. In your face, parents. We totally did it. Yep. So 
How was the active duty? So you're coming in through the through Annapolis. I met a couple of uh, midshipmen that went through Annapolis. Cool people, good times. Officers are well structured. Like working with them a lot. Very militant. What was it like for you through the active duty? Um, it was hard because all right. So little backstory. Go to Annapolis. Meet what I thought was the love of my life while I was there. End up getting pregnant while I was in Annapolis. Huge no-no. Which I was going to say, what year Which year was this in, in Annapolis? Was it your freshman, sophomore? Nope. Okay. Well, it's not as... It's Well, it's not as bad because I know that freshman, sophomore, you're not even able to like not be outside of uniform. You're not able to leave like... The, the campus or anything like that. You're living there, living there. Like people don't get that. They're like, oh, you're going to go to Annapolis. That's, you, you're in prison. You can't leave. You're in cell block D set up and you stay in that uniform. Yep. Yep. Your, so, your first year, you get 12 hours of liberty. Saturday, 12 noon to 12 midnight. Your sophomore year, you get just a little bit more. Like you get Saturday and Sunday. But yeah, no, um, it was my junior year and it was another mid that I fell in love with. I say that because we're not together anymore. So he actually ended up getting kicked out, not because of this, but he got kicked out. I ended up getting pregnant mm, second semester of my junior year. Okay. After I'd already signed my commitment papers because your first two years are free. Your first two years, you can just like deuce if you want to. And no harm, no foul. All right, thanks for playing. But when you show up the first day for your junior year, you got to sign a commitment paper saying, I will serve. And if I don't serve and I don't complete my time, I owe the Navy money. So the deal is, is if you get pregnant, you can either drop like DOR or you Mm -hmm. can take a year off to alleviate your parental obligations. What does that so mean? Uh, well, at first, it just meant you had to turn over custody. Like you had to sign away custody of your kid. To like a parent, uh, another parent or somebody else to watch your child while you're finishing off your obligations. Understood. Right. Okay. Because it sounds it sounds a little like sketchy. Oh, no. it It was sketchy. So while I was gone... I did the thing. I signed over my, you know, custody to my mom and, well, I did a split thing between my mom and my son's father. Okay. So I talked to the JAG at the academy and I sent him my paperwork. I was like, hey, is this good? Is this what I do? He's like, yeah, get to go. And then he turned around like a week later and was like, hey, so the commandant updated the instruction to to clarify things so like in order to return you have to terminate your parental rights huh yeah so wow yeah so I, I had to terminate my parental rights in order to go back to the academy 
Now I'm a law enforcement officer outside of my my military mm. life. I I've had to deal with you know parental custody issues many of times. So did you turn you? I'm trying to understand this. Break it down for me, Barney style. You you terminated like 100 percent. Like, did you give the parental rights to your your mom and your aunt, and then just terminated yours so that your child now was in custody of your mom, aunt, and your ex, or you got rid of all of your rights 100%, nobody else but your ex had rights to your child? Because I had already put the custody agreement in place between my mom and my ex, they got to split custody. But for me, like I had to just like, no more rights. Well, I mean, your mom could have signed rights back over to you or you'd go through the back through the courts, correct? I'd have to go back through the courts, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's not the, the not the most easiest thing or anything like that to be able to do, but it, were you and your ex at that time like at ends or was it like kind of like a Oh, no, we were work- still together at the time. Oh, you guys were still together at the time. Mhm. Well, I mean, at least that's that's a lot more ideal for uh, a lot of other people than with some of the stuff that I've had to see. That was just so heartbreaking. Uh, we're in Illinois, which is uh, they consider it a mother state. So, so say you would have 100 percent custody and your ex would not have one drop of custody whatsoever to your child, uh, which is to me, it's like, it's kind of rough, but I can understand. But. It, it becomes really, really, we wind up having to get involved, which kind of sucks. So that is an unorthodox, not a, a traditional way to get through the academy. But mm-hmm. did you, you finished, obviously. Yep. And Going back uh, I, was heartbreaking because I had to leave my son. He was nine months old. I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine. No, I really couldn't. You know, I promised myself on my third deployment, my first one to Iraq, I I said to myself, I was like, self, you're not meant for marriage. You're a terrible person. And even more so, you should never, ever be a father and definitely look into a vasectomy as soon as you get back from Iraq. 100% swear on everything. That's what Boat said. That's what I said to myself. Like you, you do not deserve that type of life. That's not what you're built for. That is not what your life is anymore. I was 25. I knew everything at this point. Yeah. Uh, I, I was just, I couldn't keep a relationship for the life of me. Kids scared the shit out of me because with me, I'm a couple of these away from solving all of my life's problems with having a child in your life. It changes everything. Apparently. And not only can you fuck up your own life, you could fuck up somebody else's life inadvertently. And all these won't help them. So I was like, you, dude, you're a drunk and you're, you're a womanizer and you should not be married or ever have children. We're just going to continue this lifestyle. This makes sense. Lo and behold, I get back from Iraq in July of 09, September. I meet my, the love of my life, my wife been together coming up on 12 years, married for 11 of them, three kids that I know of. I'm a bosun, mate. Back off. Easy, easy. All right. <laughs> we, we were West Coast sailors. There's Thailand involved. Deploying. I had to deploy 
when I had my, when my daughter was, I think like three years old at the time, it was gut wrenching. Like watching those grown men cry on the AF missile decks and the flight deck, trying to get signal just to talk with their, their wives and their kids back in San Diego as we're just steaming back and forth, waiting to, for the carrier group to come out so we can deploy. Watching them cry, watching, watching one of my mentors, you know, his daughter who was just born just before he left on my second uh, Westpac, a tooth coming in. All And in those days, all we had was e email. So he would get a photo of his daughter's tooth coming in, you know, and his other daughter. Now, now one of them's already graduated college, his, his uh, older daughter, uh, Amber, and his youngest daughter, Bella, is about to finish the one who he was getting the picture of the tooth from. She's, I think she graduated high school now or is going to be it. It, it was watching them cry about this stuff. I'm like, this is kind of awkward. And then having to do it on my, my last deployment, my fifth deployment, it was just, I, I couldn't imagine. And at this time you were about 20 years old, 21, maybe. I, I was 22. Yeah. 22 years old still. And you're, you're, you're being deprived of your child. Not the, you voluntarily with your hands tied behind your back had to give up your kid just to finish off, but it was for the better. Right. Because my very had already been kicked out of the Academy. He owed the Navy like 130 K. And if I had left, I would have also owed the Navy like a hundred K. And I was like, we can't start a life like that. Nope. To make matters worse, I report back the day that I was supposed to graduate with my class. And so I had to watch all of my classmates walk across <laughs> the without me. And then that morning, the day that I reported back, I got a call telling me that my grandmother died. So it was just like all the heartbreak in one. We're going to go ahead and take a break. This is like, this is getting deep. And we haven't even opened up to active duty yet. Schwartz Davidson Law is a Texas-based veteran-friendly law firm. Credit and debt is a big game and one rigged for you to lose. The system's designed to keep you in it, spending money and juggling different types of accounts so lenders feel more comfortable lending you money. Worse credit equals worse rates, and there's no shortage of companies trying to collect. Negative reporting is an attempt to collect a debt. So what happens when a debt collector or credit bureau makes a mistake? What happens when they refuse to fix it? That's when it's time to lawyer up with Schwartz-Davidson Law. Call the folks who started in credit restoration, got a law degree, and have been holding the credit bureau's feet to the fire to protect consumers and help you take hold of your financial future instead of letting the anxiety of it run you. How do you get a debt collector to stop calling? Let them know you've got an attorney. How do you get the best deal on a settlement? With an attorney. You don't have to break the bank to fix your credit or deal with debt collectors. Contact the attorneys at Schwartz Davidson Law for a free consultation and let us go to battle for you. We're here when you need us. Sounds good. Stop it. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That, that, but I mean... You pushed through it. That that's—I I couldn't imagine mentally what you were you were dealing with. So the the day that everybody was graduating, the following day is when you reported and your grandmother passed. 
No, no. The day okay. that everybody was graduating. And the day the everybody was graduating. Back, it was all the same day. So you headed back home or were you able to go home for that? Yes, I was. Uh, I was able to go home for the funeral. And then oh, that was hard. But I, I still had to come back and deal with all the crap and whatever. And then being away from my kid. And then going through my senior year, like as a mom, while everybody else that I was in school with were just like, let's party. And I'm like, no, I got to, I got to like video. Let, video let me show video. you, let me show you what happens when you party. It's called, <laughs> it's called sleep deprivation. <laughs> I was Waking like. Waking up lactating in the middle of the night. Let me show you what happens to partiers. <laughs> no, it was more like, bro, I got to video chat my kid. I can't go out tonight. <laughs> I don't know. Do you remember the movie um, Girl Next Door? Sounds familiar. It, they wind up making, and it sounds bad now that I'm actually saying it out loud, but... Um, <laughs> It's it's about a couple of high school kids. They meet this girl who turned out she was in porn. However, they they fall into this idea of making other pornography, but it's like the sex ed tape and stuff. Anyways, the they have the sex ed tape that they have to sit and watch, which is like it looked like it was made in the 1980s. And uh, they wind up talking about like, yes, we understand that prom is a time of a lot of peer pressure and whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, a guy gets a phone call and he answers it. And it's like, hey, Billy, we're all going down to the creek tonight. It's going to be a gas. You want to come? And he's like, I can't because I have a kid because of prom. And he's sitting there like holding the baby. And it's just like, that's, that's what it's like. Hey. Hey, uh, Brianna, we're going to be going out to, you know, the local tavern tonight. Do you want to go? Kid, have a good time. That explains, like, my first, like, couple of years on active duty. All the other JOs were like, yo, we're going to party. It's Thursday, Thursday. We're going out tonight. And I'm like, bro, I need like three to five business days notice before because I got to get a babysitter. I got to figure some stuff like Bro, you can't just tell me at like two o'clock in the afternoon, the day of. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Welcome. What is it? Welcome to the suck. It's called parenting. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, it seriously, it, 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 that that's exactly. And that'll make you grow up fast. Not to mention you wind up going into the U.S. military. Another little piece that'll make you grow up kind of fast. My hat's off to you. That coming from a bosun mate, that's a lot of work. That, that is a lot of dedication to your future and to your your son's future. Much respect. Much respect. So I'm assuming <laughs> after the academy, much didn't change when you got to active duty and the JOs were like, hey, yeah, we're gonna go out to whatever hooters tonight we're, we're doing happy hour and you're like today how about next week i i'll tell you what 
I got so and so in next week. We'll we'll fit something in. I'm like, wait, what? Planning? Mm-hmm. No, we don't plan. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was pretty much it. And then, so like to make matters worse. Okay, so I don't know how much you know about the SWO process and like getting qualified for SWO. No. So there's a list of qualifications <clears throat> that you have to get before you can even try to get your pin. And it's like 13 or 14 sub-quals that you have to get okay. before you can even board for swell. And you have to get your pin on your first tour. And they give you like 18 months to do it. And if you don't get your pin, you get kicked out. Of the military? Yes. Seems yep. a little extreme. A little bit. But so most people, like they spend all their time, you know, you got your duties as a division officer. So you got to take care yeah. of your guys and make sure all their stuff is taken care of. Then you got your watch standing and trying to get your qualifications. And a lot of people will just like come in early or stay late to like study or do the stuff that they need to do for their qual. But I came in as a single mom. So you don't really have much extra time. Daycare. Cause I, he was in the CDC at first, uh, the child development center, the Navy's daycare. Okay. Uh, they opened at five 30 in the morning and they closed at 6 PM. So that was the amount of time I had. So I couldn't come in early and stay late to study for my quals. And on top of that, I had a department head who wanted to poop on me for being a single mom and not being able to come in early and stay late. And anytime my kid got sick and couldn't go to daycare, (laughs) where's your family care plan? Bro, that's not what the family care plan is for. Every single time. Like I I actually got written up. Like I got a page 13. Because I had to leave to get my kid. And that is one of the things that uh, was a huge stressor to a lot of military personnel. Exactly what you went through. And you were a young officer at the time. You are still relatively young. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. I'm going to say you're still under 30. How old are you now? I turned 32 in like a week. Look at you all grown up. Because you grown's up and you grown's up. So, but at the time uh, when you graduated, uh, or you were still in between 13 to 2013 to 18. So you're still mid 20s. You want to do well in your in your officer life. You wanted the Navy. At, at that, in your first, in, in, it was, I was going to say enlistment, in your first tour, you know, nobody. You, you really don't know what it is. You don't know if you're going to be a lifer. You don't know how long you're going to do this for, how long you can keep it up. And you're just like, you know what? I got to do my best. That's that's what I, I did this for. I'm, I'm not going to do this just to be some half-asser. And officers, not officers, uh, but seniors wind up taking advantage of that on people. Uh, you know, they put a bunch of work on you, which – adds into the stress. And this is case in point. So when I was with FIB1, I took on a lot of roles. 
roles. I was an LPO of the company. We had 200 something sailors underneath me. Um, I wasn't seeing extra money, but I was taking a lot more extra time. Uh, it was time away from my, my wife and kid. At, I only had one that I know of at the time. Um, we had so much more going on, but I was with the, the ops group. I was with training. I was with planning. I was with admin. I was with doing briefs, debriefs, briefs to the debriefs, the debriefs to the briefs. And then you also had the, um, the piggybacking that you had to go to, of course. <laughs> and then there was the <laughs> military people get it. But, um, there was also the late night. So since we're reserve, everything was, uh, via phone. So you would be in these conference calls and I know you guys had conference calls at different times, but we'd have conference calls. So I'd have to be in with the khakis because I was the LPO. I'd have to be on the first class calls because I'm a first class. And then I'd have to be on the, the, the juniors calls because I have to be monitoring what the hell they're doing if they're doing anything. So I have to be in all these different places and doing all these different jobs. And I was completely overwhelmed. Um, my two boys, excuse me, my two boys were born and one of them is severe, profound special needs. He is uh, cerebral palsy, epilepsy, um, like a lot of other stuff. My wife knows all, all of the stuff that he has. I am just dad who is there to try and not fuck things up even more. Um, so he, we have all this going and then I get picked up by a police department in which I had to leave for a police academy. So I was gone Sunday morning through like Friday evening while I have these two newborns and a toddler who was only three at the time, my daughter, and I'm doing this police academy for, it was three months long. And my wife who, I, I don't know how we did it. We really don't. But I, I did all this stuff and I told people, I was like, I have to back away. I have to back away. I have to give up LPO. They're like, fine, you'll be ALPO. I was like, that's not a good thing. Like, well, it, you don't really have to do anything. You just kind of support the LPOs. Like, because there's other sailors here that are able to do this job better than me right now. I am not able, I'm not available. I'm not anything for these sailors. And there's junior sailors to me, junior first classes, or even senior first classes that have been waiting for their turn. Give it to them. I, I was, I was involved in everything. I was busting my ass and I was loving it, but I was doing all these things. I was like, no, give it to them. They're like, we'll make you ops. I was like, well, what do I have to do? You just kind of show up. I wound up doing ops, which I was out on the pier all the time in which I got involved with training. I was taking all these calls. I was like, no, I'm not doing this shit. No, I'm done. I backed away. I put my hands in my pockets. That was the end of it. Boats was done. Uh, I totally got shit up. I wasn't able to go get my skew. I wasn't able to do any of that. Stuff that I, yeah, I wasn't able to go do any of the stuff that I wanted to do. Uh, so then I wound up switching over to ACU1 in which I wasn't being involved. I couldn't be involved. I was like, listen, I'm not doing this. Luckily, there was a, a he was a chief at the, no, he was a first class at the time when I got there. Um, he was junior to me when I got back from my first tour. He um, he made rank very fast. He's a very smart guy. He studies very well and he, he tests well. He's a senior chief now. I'm still a first class, but he, um, he wanted to know what happened to me because when we when I was at NCHB seven, he was there with me. He's like, dude, you were squared away, man. I told him exactly what was going on. He's like, all right, I'll find shit for you to do here while we're here. And that's what you'll be in charge of. I was like, That's fine. I can do that. I can handle that. This prior proper planning for piss poor performance type of shit. I can't do it, man. I can't do all this stuff. Um, so 
fast forward now, I'm boats. I, I'm, I'm down at the boathouse. When I'm there, I'm there. I, I, I'm fucking involved. We have this new chief. This chief decided to come down and tell everybody what's what. And he said, I'm the drill. On your off days from drill, I want you doing this work. And I'm like, well, I don't do work off my drill weekend. That's not how I roll. That's not. Boats don't do that shit. Fuck that. And uh, so I didn't do it. And there was a couple of other first classes that didn't do it either. <laughs> and he came in and uh, he was like, you know, our first day, which will be tomorrow, like formation. So Saturday, he was like, uh, yeah, these first classes. First off, you're a brand new chief. Don't go fucking with your first classes. I'm going to give that to anybody who is active duty. Do not fuck with your first classes if it's your first day as a chief. I don't give a shit how long you've been in. So he comes in and he's like, these first classes are the ones who didn't do what I told them to do on their off days. You will all stay an hour after drill. So I'm thinking in my head, it's not the smartest move I've ever seen a chief made, but that's fine. You called your first classes out in front of the entire unit. Whatever. No big deal. I set these days, these these drill weekends aside. I don't take phone calls from anybody else. This is what I do. This is my Navy. I love my Navy. So it's all right, fine. Bet, Chief. You got me. Extra hour after drill. No big deal. So we're we're got the we got the crafts out on the water and we got a couple of first classes that are out there bossing their asses, working their asses off. I am in charge of a couple of supply things, not too much. So I got my my paperwork done that he wanted done. And uh, the end of the day, it's now like 1900 P.S. We normally get out around 1630 on our drill days, sometimes earlier. It's now 1900 and they are still in debriefs for the boat crews because there was some um, observers that came. So they had to do all these debriefs and stuff like that. Um, they, were, they were there that late. And I'm, as a first class and a guy who was an LPO, like we're sticking around because we got second classes here. We got third classes here. They're, they had to deal with all this. I, I, I'm not going home until they go home. That's how we roll. And the debrief got out and the chief came out and he's like, hey, where's such and such? Where's so and so? Where's such and such? I was like, <laughs> he probably went home. Well, he better not have. He didn't do his paperwork that he was supposed to do. Like, bro, it's 1900. You're going to still hold this dude another hour? Are you serious? So I told him, I was like, hey, chief, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't do it either. And I, you're not, you're not asking for my name. He's like, well, you did it while you were, you know, you did it during the day. You're good to go. Uh, the first classes you named were the ones that were out on the crafts working all day. So let me get this straight. Your guys who are working, you're going to, you're going to bother them for another hour. So, well, I said that it had to be done by this day and they didn't get it done and they didn't get it done during the day and so on and so forth. And I'm like, hey, chief, all due respect, man, you know, during, when you give us work on our off days, we do not have to do that. That is not a requirement. This, When we are here, we are here. But when we are off, we are off. We do not have to do any of that, that stuff. We don't get paid to do it. We This is this is part-time. This is reserves. That's why we are not active. He's like, well, let me ask you something, Boats. Do you plan on making chief? That was his only bargaining chip. Just so you know, that was his only thing to come with. Listen, I'm 19 years bosun mate. I'm a first class. I have, I think, two more tests to try and make chief. If I make it, I make it. If I don't, I don't. I would love to be a chief. I want the big hat and I want a sword and I want all that shit. I think it would be awesome. But there's, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm doing a chief's job as a first class. 
I don't, I'm not afraid to say it. I don't care what chief to master chief wants to step to me. That's fine. You could write me up. You could shit on my career. You could take a big dump on me. I'm on my way out. I got two years left. I'm peaced out. I'm cool with it. So all the other first classes that were standing right there when this chief decided to try and come with that with the bargain chip, like, ooh, if I don't do my work off the drill weekend, I'm not going to be a chief. I told him, I don't fucking care. I do not care. You could keep your anchor. I did the late night debriefs. I did the late night briefs. I was, I've, I've been in the chief's mess. I've, I've sat through all these stupid briefs and debriefs and 15 minutes prior to the 15 minutes prior and 15 minutes after the 15 minutes after. I've been through all this shit. I don't care anymore. My family is my priority. That's number one. You do not take my time from my family. And when, when you tell me that a, a, a department head would shit on you, would poop on you, my apologies, would poop on you, <laughs> that's, that's what they think that they have to do is just treat you shitty. And then they hold that little chip in front of you like, do you want to make that golden oak leaf? Do you want to make the golden oak leaf? Do you, do you want that anchor? Do you want that first class crow? Do you want that extra chevron? Bro, I'm just trying to stay out of Captain's mask right now, okay? That's, that's where I'm at. There's the reason this show is called Article 15. I got three of them. So I never got actually sent to mass. I got a couple of page 13s. Um, <laughs> um, but before I get to that, a couple things I want to touch on. You were talking about your kid that's got special needs. My son's autistic. So I had to deal with IEPs and EFMP and all of that googly gook. Um, And then I actually did reserve time, like after I got off active (laughs) duty. So I'd love to have you in my unit. (laughs) So I understand exactly what you're talking about. But so my first reserve unit, ACU4. Like I went nice. from active duty ACU four to reserve ACU four, just like it's very different, isn't it? Oh my god! We had yes. some of our FTS guys who used to complain about us all the time. Like, I don't understand. Why don't you guys just do what you're supposed to? And blah blah blah. It's so much easier in the reserves. And now he's a reserve. He's like, Yo, what the fuck? Why doesn't anybody take care of my travel? Why doesn't anybody book the lodging? Why doesn't anybody like? Bro, you better get your fucking head on straight right now because you're in for the long haul, homie. Dude, the first time I had to write my own orders, I was like, Enros? The, the fuck? What, what do you mean I have to write my own orders? Huh? Enros is the easiest part. Wait till you get to DTS. <laughs> Bro. I swear. I swear it was the devil's birthday, and God said, You can, you can pick whatever you want for your birthday and the devil was like dts has been born <laughs> yes i i and then i finally figured out dts and they changed it like why amber and amanda here we want to tell you about our good friends over at scale executive search scale executive search is a veteran owned and operated executive search firm serving aerospace tech and startups They've managed to set themselves apart by not only understanding the job market, but also ensuring their candidates and clients are invested in 
not only their careers, but also themselves and their families. Yep. That so goofy. That was okay. Then I did a little bit of time at uh, working at the NOSC. And that was interesting. Uh, I got to work with some really cool people because I worked in supply with them. And so that was cool. And then uh, my mentor, who is like a career reservist, okay, he was like, hey, I got a buddy who's looking for an XO. You ready to be an XO? It's like, no. No, I am not. He's like, yes, you are. <laughs> and then... XO McLeod. And then poof, I was an XO. I was like... And all those meetings you're talking about and the video conferences and the Zoom calls and the... the, the and the... My, my SEL, my chief calling me, because he lives like down the road from me. My CO at the time, like she lived in D.C. And I'm okay. here in North and but my chief lives like right down the street from me. Hey ma'am, we got some like E4 evals that need signing. Can you like pop by after work? No, you can walk your happy ass down here though, chief. That stuff. Uh, and phone call to plan for drill and then drill and then the phone call after drill. To make sure that everybody did what they were supposed to do. And I'm going to be honest. that nobody do what they're supposed to do at drill. <laughs> they're all over at the NEX. Killing time. Yeah. It, it becomes stressful. And then you add in a child to it. And a child with autism. That, that's, you know. And then you... It, it, you feel like a burden when you ask somebody to watch your child. <laughs> I feel terrible when I ask anybody to watch my children ever, because I'm like, I'll I'll take all three of my kids, no problem. Frankie, Frankie is the the special needs child. He is the easiest. You turn on some Moana or the Disney Dolphins, that kid is happier than a cloud charlie that is your issue charlie is the other brother and i think they've diagnosed him with adhd which the kid still looks exactly like me so yes he was going to have some type of fucked up thing because <laughs> well, my daughter if anybody can watch my daughter they they, they like people volunteer she is She's seven years old, gorgeous, funny, loves to just do shit, whatever. And like people are like, I'm so scared. I don't want to hurt Frankie. Like Frankie is like indestructible. The, the dude has stood the test of time. It's kind of weird. He's got the, the, um, the G tube. So he's got the little belly button, extra belly button thing. So for his feedings, but other than that, it's like nah, it's it. He's awesome. He snuggles. He he laps his ass off all day long. But it seems like such a burden to ask somebody to watch my kids. So 
my wife and I were actually, truth be told, we've never gone on a honeymoon. We've never gone on a vacation together. We've never done anything together. When we first got together, we were broke. When we got married, we were broke. We got a house. We were broke. We had our first kid. Guess what? We were broke. We had our next two kids. We were broke. I finally got, she got picked up with a high school as a teacher. I got picked up with a police department and we've paid off a ton of bills. We're paying off her college tuition. She's went and got her master's, paid that off. Hours towards another master's, paid that off. Um, I mean, you add in all the extra stressors that we've gone through. People are like, I don't understand how you've done it. And we just look at it like <laughs> sleep deprivation, Red Bulls, Rippets, you name it. That's how we get through. We just figured it out. <clears throat> but we we wind up dealing with all these different things. And 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 when we we try to just ask for a little bit of help, we, we're, we're going away. Uh, my wife and I on Sunday night, we're flying to Nashville for a week. We've never been on a vacation. We've never done anything like this before. That our anxiety, my anxiety is through the roof. Uh, my mom is going to be staying with my kids at my house uh, for like the first two, three days. Then her aunt is going to come in and her aunt is amazing. Her aunt is so wonderful with my kids um, for the next two or three days. And then her parents are going to come in on the tail end until we get back. Um, but they're all coming to our house so that they can, can be with the kids. Uh, so it takes like a team of like five people to do what we do on a normal weekly basis. And it's, it, it and again, it's our parents who, I wouldn't want my kids to ha- my parents to have to raise my children or anything like that. And I see that a lot in my town, but to be able to, I don't know where this, this is going to be like the, 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 the straight up test of time. We, we, when we got our two main jobs that we're at now, we just got really busy. We were paying off bills and everything. We just got busy as hell and we never took time for ourselves. So I'm like forcing this now. Um, and we're both like scared shitless. We fly out and we're, it, 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 as they say in TikTok, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, uh, have, have you have you gone out or taken like a week away from your son since? Or do you do you feel that same type of burden when you ask anybody to watch your kid? Um. So full honesty. I had to send my kid to live with my mom because my depression and then subsequent alcohol use got in the way of me being able to properly take care of him. And so okay. I hit my mom up. I was like, I need you to come get him. Like he needs more than I can provide right now. And so he's been living with my mom for the past year, year and a half. You're getting um, your head right. I'm trying to. What I have you been? Know. Where are you at? What state? Uh, I'm in Virginia right now, but I'm you're in Virginia. Sitting in an empty house because uh, it's I'm closing on Monday, so like all of my stuff is gone except for a few like storage totes that are about to get put into storage tomorrow and then I'm on a plane 
Where are you heading? Uh, well, I'm going to do a stop in Kansas City, which is where I'm from. And I'm going to see my dad. And my mom is going to Kansas City as well and bringing my kids. So I'm going to see my dad, my kid, my mom for a couple of weeks. And then That's I'm good. headed down to San Diego to go to a program so I can get my head right. This is that's amazing. That is amazing. That is that's a very, very hard thing to do. I'm proud of you. I am. I don't even know you, but I'm proud of you. It's it, what you're doing is for the best for you, and for everybody in your life. And I'm, I'm extremely proud of you. It's not going to be an easy trip. When when are you going to be there? Um, I fly out of here to Kansas City on Sunday. And then I'll be in Kansas City probably through my birthday, which is the, the first of next month. And then San Diego. For how long? For how long in San Diego? Yes. Um, the program itself is three to six months, like depending on how you progress through it. And then honestly, I just plan on starting over there. Can like, I come visit you? Would you mind? No, not at all. I, I, I want to come and support you. Wow. Really? Yeah. I'm going to be out there on orders. I'm going to come see you. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to be there from August 16th to August 27th. Oh, I'll be with cool. ATU1. So I will make it. Make sure I have all your info, and I'm going to come visit you. I'll bring you, like, I don't know, oven mitts or some shit. I don't know. What, <laughs> what, do, you, what, do, you, what do you bring somebody? <laughs> Just bring me coffee, bro. Coffee. <laughs> I'll bring you some Dunkin'. They don't have Duncan in San Diego. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you fancy Starbucks? No, like I meant like like a bag of coffee. Like maybe some yeah. rifle or something. They got the Duncan, the Duncan bags. I, I've figured you're East Coast. Friend of mine, she's out of Boston, loves fucking Duncan. You can't get it in San Diego. Yeah, no. I like the super, super strong stuff. So like Give me Jet some fuel. black. That yes. If you say black rifle coffee, I'm going to tell you to get fucked, stay fucked, because that stuff is overpriced. For I mean, it's decent coffee, but I think it's overpriced. Probably like sponsoring is. your that addiction. AK, that AK is. Mm. <laughs> no. Nah. Um. So yeah, definitely make sure I get all that information because I'm gonna be out there. And I'm gonna come visit you. I'm gonna support you. We're gonna play like I don't know some cards or some shit. I don't know what you guys are allowed to play. I don't know. I don't know what the hell you do. Don't don't. You know what? You do you. You just do you. I mean, okay. But yeah, no, we play like rummy and spades and um. I was just gonna put out there. I'm not gonna put out that I that I was gonna have you play spades with me. We're, we're in a culture-sensitive environment. <laughs> I, I could have said, like, dominoes and gotten in trouble. You mean bones? 
<laughs> Some people don't know what bones mean, okay? So I have to say dominoes. Everybody knows what dominoes is. Half the fucking people listening don't even know what spades is. They don't know about that little big joker. Joker, joker, do Let's go. Bunch of bags. That's what they got. I'm proud of you, though. I, I really am. That That's... You have made some of the largest decisions in in history at such a young age. You 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 got an inquisitive look, but I want you to really think about this. Now, in history, obviously, we're we're thinking big worldwide. You are making a decision that's going to better the future, whether it's just for you directly. You are going to go on and do much better things in this world. You have always made the right decision from as far as I can see. Obviously, some of the smaller decisions you have made have have led you to a path that you're on at the moment. But the big decisions, you graduated in Annapolis. What percentage of the population has graduated in Annapolis? Not, not a very large percentage, right? Pretty small. Yeah. You are a United States Navy officer and a veteran. We're less than 1%, just veterans alone. And you have a college degree. So that makes you an even smaller percentage. I'm not trying to be that guy, but I'm going to go ahead and put that out that you're a black female that graduated in Annapolis. You're a United States Navy officer and a female, or and a female, and a veteran. Okay. Your mother, and you're an amazing person. I I love just talking with you. I could sit here and BS with you all day long. I could. And I think everything that you're doing is is all for the better. And you're going to do amazing things. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. I was actually just talking about that with my, uh, my best friend uh, the other day, who is another black female who went to the academy and we're like we are like one percent of one percent of one percent black females at the naval academy and we just happen to find each other and become besties and like we're still best friends to this day We would like to give a huge thanks to Rafa 180. Rafa 180 offers pure medicinal CBD and products made locally. They walk alongside individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle with options needed by each person. You can learn more about them on Facebook at Rafa CBD, their website www.rafa180.com or email at rafacbd at gmail.com. They truly believe your journey matters. It's only 20% minorities, and I mean, like, overall minorities at the academy mm -hmm. in any given class. And it's roughly 18 to 20% females overall. Yeah. So It's a boys' like, club. It now, gets smaller and smaller. Yeah. But here you are, rocking it. Oh, no, you should rock. be proud of yourself. Uh, you should be proud of yourself for the work you've accomplished. You should definitely pat yourself on the back. Little, little, little one of them. But 
the real work begins, right? Now the real work starts. Take your time. Here's, here's another little small tidbit of advice if you wish to take it. When my daughter was born, I am, for lack of better terms, a degenerate. I'm a bosom mate. I'm a dude. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Ooh. Got a lot of got a lot of flaws about me. But the one thing that I, I try to do right is do right by my daughter. And I don't always do that. I don't always use the right words and I don't always have the right compassion for her. I grew up with three brothers. I went to an all boy Catholic high school. I grew up in a navy in which the very first ship I was on was all dudes. And we didn't get females until a little bit later. And guess what how that turned out? That's so great. But yeah, there was a lot of pregnancies. None of mine. That I know of. Um, but I started an email account for my daughter, and I would email her regularly. And uh, when she turns 18 in 11 years from now, I will give her the name and the password to it. And when she leaves for college or for the military or for whatever other reason she leaves my house, she will have those to read back on. And it's not it's not big emails. It's not like huge emails like on the whatever, blah, blah, blah. No, it's dated for you and just say, hey, you know, this is some of the stuff that's been going on in our lives. You might not understand it at that time, but this is now that I can talk to you as an adult. You can read this and understand it more. Something that maybe your son can uh, benefit from that he doesn't understand why, you know, you've you've had to be gone or anything like that. While it's fresh in your mind, instead of he's now 18 years old and when you've been gone for so long, like, no, this is, this is what's been going on. This is why I had another, um, a friend of mine, he's not a veteran or anything like that. He lives next door to, uh, one of the guys I work with. Uh, he has a young girl and his, his mom, his wife, her mom, uh, was in a bad car accident and she hasn't been right since. And they've had to divorce and he's been going through a huge battle and trying to pay, take care of her hospital and medical bills. And she's going through psychological issues. And he's had to raise this little girl on his own and try to explain to her at the same time, like, why mommy's not around. So I explained that same th idea to him. And he's like, that's probably one of the greatest pieces of advice I've ever heard. Because you never know what they're thinking or going through. Uh, but and they they have zero fucks right at this moment when they're when they're little little boys especially big yawn uh little boys especially they have zero don't do that to yourself you need to lay off those is what you need to do the turbos yeah i know what those are i i, I think the last time i i do uh some zero sugar monsters before my shift and that's about it i'm done at 11 o'clock and i'm like i need to go to bed <clears throat> but it's it's something that has kind of been therapeutic for me to know that future daughter of mine will understand why I have the issues that I have. Um, anger. I'm a yeller. Um, that I'm gone at certain times. That I have to do this military stuff. That I'm doing the VFW now. That I do this podcast. Kind of an explanation for the adult version when they come along. And they could say, that's not what, and they could see the dated, oh, wow, that's what they were going through. I didn't realize what they were going through at that time. 
but now it's been explained to me and I can understand it better. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no. And it like hurts my soul and I, which adds to my mental health issues because like I'm not being there for my kid right now. And like, it hurts me because every time I talk to him, he's like, when am I moving back to Virginia? I'm like, fuck. Well, buddy, um, mommy's got to get some help right now. And then we're going to move to California. And he's like, oh, okay. But then the next time I call, when can I come back to Virginia? Like, yeah. All he wants to do is be back with me. And I, I'm not in the right space to be able to do that for him. And I, I don't know how to explain it to him. How old is he now? He's nine. He'll, he'll be 10 in August. It's, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to, um, do you remember being on the ship and trying to explain to the drunken sailors why they need to go back to their birthing? <laughs> yes. Very similar. There's there's candy in the gedunk machines and I need to make it there first. No, you need to go to your wreck is what you need to do. But I want I want the spicy Cheetos. I want the flaming hots. You need to go back to your rack and you need to call it a night. Flaming hots. Go to your rack. All right. So we get the flaming hots and then we go back to our rack. No, you need to go back. Go to birthing. Little talked about story is drunken officer stories are just as hilarious. We did a fleet week New York. (laughs) The story time telling is yours. Go ahead. (laughs) So so we did fleet week New York. Before we left, they were like, yo, bring an extra pair of shoes because you're going to have a base blowout. It's just going to happen. Bring an extra cover because you may or may not lose it. Bring extra ribbons because civilians will just be like, ah, and just start taking shit off of you. Just make sure, just, just bring a whole extra set of everything. Yeah. So, Liberty Exploration for officers was, I think, like 2 a.m. And you had to have a Liberty buddy just for security reasons. We had one cat. He went out with a group of like four other JOs and they went to an officially sanctioned event and he just disappeared. So they all come back and he, here he comes strolling back an hour late, no cover, shirt on gun, no ribbons and like missing a shoe. Just like (laughs) across the corner deck. I was like, really, dude? Really? I should have went with that guy. <laughs> oh, no. Like, if it wasn't for the fact that I went out with uh, MPA, I probably would have been that guy. Because, like, the first night, my memory of that first night in, in New York was like, I'm up, they see me, I'm down. Like, I got, like, bits and pieces of that evening 
Um, me and MPA, we go, we go out. We hit a bar because we were planning on going to another event, like a, another event. So we hit a bar just to like have one drink, have the one drink, and then two more drinks just appear in front of us. We didn't order those people over there. They're wearing that uniform. Those people over there did. I'm like, well, fuck. All right, well, chug, 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 and then. The bartender tries to hand us two more drinks. We're like, no, bro, we got to go. Like, we got another event we got to be at. And he's like, all right, fine, but at least you're going to take a shot with me. Well, okay. So then we go to the event. The event was called Rock the Fleet. It was a party at the Hard Rock Cafe in New York where they just took over the whole Hard Rock. And uh, so you're supposed to get two drink tickets, right? Like for two free drinks, right? Cool. Me and MPA walk in. Somehow we get separated in the line. Going in. I get my two drink tickets or whatever. I, wrote, I go to the table and I'm like, oh, what's up, Gunny? What's up, Chief? Sorry, I was on Anthem. So like, what's up, Gunny? What's up, Chief? What's good? What's going on? And I get to the table and I'm like, oh, and you know, a few minutes later, he shows up. And he's like, oh, I had to run to the head, and then you were just gone. I was like, okay, cool. He's like, oh, guess what I have? And he pulls out a pocket full of drink tickets. And I was like, where did you have it? Never mind. Never mind. So that was the start of it. So we've, we're already two beers and a shot in, and then we got a table full of drink tickets. And then halfway through the night, they stopped checking tickets. And if you were in uniform, they would just. <laughs> okay, I probably shouldn't admit this uh, on a recording, but I got so intoxicated. I was dancing with everybody, like including the sailors. Ooh. To the point. Yeah. To the point that MPA was just like, just like grabbed me and was like, yeah, come over here. And when he grabbed me, I was like, oh, you want to dance? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> and then we were both so messed up that when we were trying to get back to the ship, we walked the wrong way across the island of Manhattan. Like, just go towards the water. Complete wrong side. I had to walk completely back. And then when we finally get back close enough to here, we can see the ship. We're like, oh, good. We got like 20 minutes till liberty expires. Y'all got to use the head. Let's just run in here real quick. So he goes to use the head, and it happens to be an Irish pub. Oops. And they look at us and like, you want a beer? Yes. <laughs> Go ahead and twist my arm, why don't you? Right? Yeah. Those are the longest walks ever. When you're just like, I'm hungry, I'm kind of drunk, and we're not really sure where we are. 
but we have a feeling we're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Right. Uh, For me, was the walk down the pier, like, um, we hit Iceland on my birthday. That and seems so, like a pretty nice place. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. It was beautiful. And, yes, amazing. But we hit Iceland on my birthday, and it was also the same day that we had a family farewell and a wedding dinner. So to say I don't remember very much of Iceland <laughs> would be an understatement. And I don't remember this, but I was told afterwards that, uh, you know, the bus that takes you back to the pier, like I hit the last step on the bus and just kerplunk. Yeah, right don't do the- that. <laughs> don't, but, don't do that. But I just popped right back up. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, like, they're like, ma'am, you're leaning. Like, as I was walking down, like this, like, ma'am, you're leaning. I was like, no, I'm not. And then to try to correct, and then I overcorrected, and I started leaning in the direction. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that overcompensation always gets you. I used to try and run while I was drunk, and I was like, Oh, 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 shit. <laughs> yep. Who are you running from? I just felt like running. My legs felt great. Oh, my gosh. Nowadays, oh, my, my knees are all shot. Yes. I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to close it up, ma'am. Uh, LT, it's been an honor. It really has. And I look forward to seeing you out in San Diego. I'm going to wish you fair winds and following seas on this one. Appreciate you. Same to you. You know where I'm at. You know where to find me. If you ever need to talk, you ever want to do this offline, just let me know. What is, uh, what is the organization or the center that you're going to be heading to? <laughs> Funny story. I forgot the name of it. I just have a buddy who's already in the program and like, I'm going to show up in San Diego and call me like, bro, take me to the place. If you can give me that information, I'll, I'll be able to put it out with my podcast. Okay, cool. I'd appreciate it because I know a lot of veterans who can benefit for, from the same thing. Gotcha. God bless. If you need anything, let me know. You can always text me, call me, don't call me at weird hours and let me know that you're trying to get me to buy an extended warranty for a car that I don't own anymore or anything that the, the, the college, the college uh, debt relief is supposed to be coming or any of that shit. But uh, shoot me a text message. If I don't get it right away, I, w- I promise I'll get back to you. Roger that. All right. Thank you, sister. Appreciate you, bro. Yeah.